Welcome to Hack and Grow Rich. My name is Bart Baggett, and my co-host is Shaheen Cheyenne. I am so excited about tonight's show. You of I have had a busy week, but we have one of our favorite guests on. Tell us more what we're going to do tonight. Yeah, absolutely. So tonight we have a very special Hack and Grow Rich. We'll be going live shortly on Facebook for all of you guys. We will be doing this on Facebook Live. You'll get a, a view of this clip. So make sure to subscribe and like us on the channel and make sure you get notifications. Sign up on Hack and Grow Rich so that we will send you notifications when we are going live so you can get access to the shows a week before they, they launch. So today's show, we are going to be talking about why you should fire your life coach. That's right. We're going to talk about firing that life coach because they are holding you behind. They are holding you back. Not only that, today we are going to talk about one of my favorite topics. And please don't tell the sleep doctor this until he comes on. Oh, I just let the cat out the bag. So our guest tonight is going to be America's sleep doctor, the author, best-selling New York Times book, The Power of When, and upcoming book, Energize. Dr. Michael Bruce, a good friend of mine and Bart's, and really an all-out amazing dude, but a real technician when it comes to optimizing the mind for sleep, which is essential, and for energy. So we will talk about this. Dr. Bruce is the biohacker to the biohackers. He trains all the top people in the world, and he's been on with Dave Asprey of Bulletproof and uh, Dr. Oz several times and on all the top shows. And so tonight, Dr. Bruce is going to be talking about tactical use of caffeine because, Bart, as you know, I have been off coffee for 90 days now, and we can have a little bit of a, a conversation about that. Have you, have you ever tried to go off coffee for any period of time? Uh, yeah, and I get a headache instantly, and I'm back on by, by about 6 p.m. in the evening. <laughs> so so just... I'm, it is one of my crutches. I'm not ashamed to say that I really adore that. Uh, and and the reason I think that we have such a cool guest on is, you know, the show's called Hack and Grow Rich. And what all of us have done in our careers is hack some sort of methodology to end up producing better results, whether it's our health or our body. Shaheen, you said I look good. I was losing weight. I was making money. Like, thank you. But those are all because we have small little habits that we've made a decision to either pursue or to give up. And so our guest tonight is going to be that guy that's going to talk not only about caffeine, but sleep. So yeah, this is one of those really good shows that if you're looking for ways to squeeze a little bit more production out of your day, this is the show you need to tune into and share Facebook, share your friend, ping your buddy who always oversleeps and ping your girlfriend to say, hey, this is why I need my coffee because I hope you're telling me the benefits of caffeine because I want to keep it, Shaheen. Are you going to tell me to stop? I think, you know, uh, Michael and I have been friends for a little while now and I've read all his books. I am a sleep doctor groupie. I follow his blogs. I read all his books. Anything he says, like my wife laughs at me because I've, I've, I've bought it the second the words come out of his mouth because he always knows the best shit and he's always like two steps ahead of all the other experts out there. And I know as a fact that the other experts have his number on speed dial, if that's still a thing. And they're calling him. They're going, oh, my God, I'm going on the show. I'm going on the show. What, what do I talk about? And he is the guy who's known for that. So with that, I'd like to welcome him on. Welcome, Dr. Michael Bruce. We got to unmute you there. Yeah. 
So thanks, guys. What an intro. I mean, it's just to be fair, it's easy to get intro by two guys that know you well, that you have a tremendous respect for and that you enjoy talking to. So I'm excited to be on Hack and Grow Rich. Also, I am a Hack and Grow Richer kind of guy. Um, my family members are big followers of Shaheen and working with a lot of his programming. So I'm excited to be here and Shaheen and Bart both, your dear, dear friends, and I'm excited to be part of the show. But Bart, I have some bad news for you, dude. We're not going to be, caffeine is not going to be in the pro column. It's going to be in the con. I'm literally column. drinking Southern iced tea. At, look, at dude, night. I'm from Sandy Springs, Georgia. From Texas, okay? and you're telling me that I can't do this anymore. I, I quit, Shaheen. I can't do it. No, no, no. Just hold, hold steady. <laughs> get your butt back in the chair. Come on now. Let's talk. Let's talk through it for just a second. So here's the biggie, big, big issues with caffeine and sleep is many people think that caffeine is a substitute for sleep. Okay. And people say, if I'm not getting enough sleep, I'm tired during the day, I'll supplement with caffeine thinking that that would replace sleep. And so that's part of the big issue. I I'd like to kind of dig our, our heels into here is looking at this as an issue because here's what caffeine does. Caffeine postpones sleep. It does not replace sleep. And, and that is a really big issue. I, as an example, Bart, you said, you know, if I'm going to earlier, but before I came on, you said, if I stop caffeine, you know, what is that going to be like? So let me, let me tell you the extreme situation. So I had a patient um, who was a two pot a day caffeine drinker. So two pots of coffee per day, which by the way, is not as unusual as you might imagine, especially during uh, times like COVID where you make a pot in the morning and it's not shared with the rest of the office, right? It's sitting at your house. And every time you want to get up off your butt, you go and you, oh, I'm going to warm up my cup a little bit. And before you know it, you've drank four cups in the morning, right? So this gentleman who had two, two pots of coffee a day, we decided that we were going to start to stop him on caffeine. So he was an alpha. He was a gunner. And so he was like, screw it. I'm just going to go cold turkey. Well, Within 36 hours, he ended up in the ER, okay? And he had seizures. I'm not joking. He had seizures. He had sweats. We had to hydrate him. It was a mess, okay? So caffeine, while it is also considered the most abused substance in the world, is a powerful substance. So for folks out there who are considering, hey, I might want to slow down in my caffeine, please, please, please do not go cold turkey. It's a terrible, terrible idea. There is something called caffeine fading, which is a way that you taper the amount of caffeine that you have. So in a situation like there are two pot a day coffee drinker, here's what I would have recommended. And I would have said, look, here's what we're going to do. We're going to make three quarters of the pot caffeinated and one quarter of the pot uncaffeinated. And you're going to stick with the same amount that you have. Then we're going to see how your body reacts. We're going to do that for three to five days, right? We're not doing it for one day and then stop. We need, this takes a while, guys, to really be able to get this out of your system. Um, now, let's talk about the half-life and the quarter-life of caffeine, which is also interesting. The half-life of caffeine is between six and eight hours, depending upon how old you are, your gender, and your, and your metabolic speed. What is a half-life, Dr. Bruce? Let me break it down. Half of the substance is still in your system eight hours later. So if you have your last cup of joe at two o'clock in the afternoon, guess what? At 10 o'clock at night, 50% of the caffeine is still in your body. 
Now that in and of itself is kind of a scary statistic, but the scarier statistic, at least from my standpoint, is the quarter life of caffeine. It turns out that 25% of caffeine is still in your system 12 hours after your last sip. 25%. Exactly. So when you start to think about that and you say, well, gosh, I had 300, 400, 500 milligrams of caffeine today, 25% of that is still in your system 12 hours after your last sip. Okay. So when we talk about it from a sleep perspective now, so I'm, I'm bringing it back home, I'm bringing it back to the bed, right? What does that mean? Many, many people, by the way, can fall asleep no problem with caffeine on board. We've now learned, I'd say within the last six to eight years, that there is this thing called caffeine sensitivity. So between the three of us, we could all have remarkably different caffeine sensitivities out there. I got one patient who can honestly have a double espresso and fall asleep. I got another one who eats a chocolate kiss and is up for two days, okay? So it's interesting when you start to look at that. So how do we break down caffeine sensitivity? It turns out that very specifically, there's something called uh, an avenue in your brain called the P450 enzyme pathway. The P450 enzyme pathway basically does a lot of different things, but one of those things is it dictates how your liver deals with caffeine. Some people's liver will rush right through it and burn it up quick, and some people's liver is gonna hang on to it for a long, long time. You can actually get this tested, believe it or not, if you wanted to. There's genomic testing that you can do to understand how your uh, liver P450 enzyme pathway works. And that can also give you some insights into what to do. I had a second patient, um, very interesting patient. This one was a bit more humorous. She was a Diet Coke addict. Um, So she was about uh, probably going on 250 pounds. She was about 5'5", so she was not a small woman. Um, and she had rip-roaring sleep apnea. We had gotten her on a CPAP machine to help her with her apnea, but she was just drinking too much caffeine. So when I turned to her, and it turned out that she started out as a Coca-Cola person, right? And so I said, you know what I'm gonna do? I know she wants to lose weight, so I'm gonna calculate how much weight she would lose if she just stopped drinking. She drank two, no, I'm sorry, three three liter bottles of Coca-Cola per day. Okay, so I calculated out the sugar and I calculated all the caffeine and I said, do you realize that if you if all you did was uh, stopped your caffeine, your Coca-Cola drinking, you would lose like 14 pounds a year? And you know what her uh, you know what her answer to me was? I'll just switch to Diet Coke Ooh. because she was so addicted to the caffeine. Right. So caffeine is not something to kind of play around with. You know, there's a and by the way, there's a lot of sources of caffeine out there. We see caffeine in candy. We see caffeine in medicine. We see caffeine in a whole host of things. And then let's not forget energy drinks and things of that nature that are out there. So when we're talking to people about caffeine and caffeine use, the big thing here is be smart, okay? Am I telling people, no, you can't have caffeine? No, Bart, I'm not telling people you can't have caffeine. What I'm saying is think about it responsibly and think about it in a way, shape or form that can be advantageous to you. So I'm gonna tell you one little hack because we are on Hack and Grow Rich, about how to use caffeine with sleep and have a great evening. I call it the Napa Latte, all right? So here's what you do. And by the way, as Shaheen knows, I have trademarked that term. Um, That's just a Think and Grow Rich kind of thing to do. So here's the deal with, so one of the things that many people don't know is when a cell eats a piece of glucose, something comes out the back end. One of those things is called adenosine. Adenosine works its way through your system and goes to a very specific receptor site in your brain. As adenosine accumulates, you get sleepier and sleepier and sleepier. 
Here's the interesting thing. When you look at the molecular structure of adenosine and the molecular structure of caffeine, they're off by one molecule. It's kind of bizarre if you think about that substance that's created in your head that makes you go to sleep is a one molecule difference from the substance that we know is one of the most abused substances in the world, keeps you awake, all of those things. But we're going to take this science and we're going to use it to our advantage. So let's say that it's one o'clock in the afternoon, which by the way, is the time that most people have a tendency to feel sleepy due to a small dip in core body temperature, which causes melatonin to rise. And you're thinking to yourself, you know what? I need a cup of coffee. Well, here's the thing that I would tell you is have a cup of coffee with a nap. Take a cup of black drip coffee. That's actually got the highest caffeine content. You don't want any sugar. You don't want any cream in it. You don't want any dairy to upset your stomach. Throw in just three ice cubes merely to cool it down slug it. I mean, drink it as fast as you possibly can. Then immediately close your eyes and take a 25 minute nap. All of that adenosine that has built up throughout the day that's making you feel sleepy, you'll burn through that. The caffeine is waiting in the wings. And since it's only a one molecule difference, it fits perfectly into that receptor site. Boom. You're good for four hours. Guaranteed. Wow. My best hack ever. Wow. So let me see if I can, I can, uh, encapsulate what you're what you're suggesting, and what a great hack! You guys remember you heard it here on Hack and Grow Rich. Make sure to subscribe and like for anybody who's joining us on Facebook Live. If you have any questions for Dr. Bruce, we can take one or two questions tonight. I know Dr. Bruce has another media engagement he has to be at, but he's been kind enough to be here with us tonight. So if there's any questions, please let us know. We can ask that on there. And make sure to subscribe and, and like to our channel on YouTube and on Instagram. I think we're up to about 65,000 uh, subscribers now. So, Dr. Bruce, what you're suggesting is that if you need some extra energy, let's say you yep. have a test you have to cram for, a big important date where you need to be at your best, a meeting, work, or, anything Or maybe like you that. got a crappy night's sleep the night before and you've got a big presentation to your boss or you've got you know to get on an early flight or something like that. Yeah. Right. So what you do is you get black drip coffee, presumably because of the caffeine content. So something in a cafex or a, uh, uh, which, which is very interesting because I know that drip coffee also, it, believe it or not, is the coffee that has the least amount of impact on your LDL cholesterol levels because all of the cafestol is uh, filtered out. So sh shocking. Uh, espresso, Turkish coffee, those are the worst uh, as far as increasing uh, LDL cholesterol. Now, I'm, I'm not convinced that it's um, actually making an impact or an, an a marker for uh, any kind of, of heart disease, only that it raises those numbers on the test. But that's a, that's a topic for another show. So what you do is, is you hit that black coffee, yep. right? And then you go to sleep right away. And the reason why you're going to sleep right away is because it's going to take some time for that coffee to hit you. So right. by the time that coffee flips that adenosine switch in your brain, it's time for you to wake up anyway, and you wake up alert and ready to take on whatever it is that you need to take on. So would you say that would be the way that you would use caffeine tactically? 100%. Um, and this is what, and to be clear, I take this technique and I use it with all of the CEOs I treat, all of the athletes I treat, all of the, uh, of the entertainers I treat. Right. Because this is this is an encapsulated energy that's actually reasonably healthy. Right. So you're getting black drip coffee, which is probably the cleanest version of the caffeine that you're going to be able to get. And you're getting some sleep. 
I mean, let's be honest, this is a kind of killer combination, right? That's gonna do well for everybody out there. Please do me a favor, don't do a Napa latte every day, right? That's probably not the best use for it, but reserve this as you know a tool in the tool chest where if you're dragging ass one day and you really are having a hard time, this is a great tool to utilize. Doc, that's that's really brilliant, actually, because one of the things I wanted to, you know, talk to both of you guys about is kind of my journey with caffeine has been a very interesting one. You know, I didn't start drinking coffee until I was like in my 30s. I was always a tea guy and I never drank coffee. I don't know. For some reason, I was I, I made the fatal mistake of being a vegan. And don't somehow again, along with that, yeah, came not drinking coffee. I don't know how that worked, but I, I kind of felt like there was a purity to how I ate in those days. And, you know, when I started drinking coffee, it was like the most magical thing in the world. You know, that cup, like the smell, the aroma, the, the, like, it was like the world changed when I started drinking coffee. And then one day I began to realize that, dude, I'm just chasing the dragon. I'm it, it it's no longer magical for me. It's maintenance. So I went on this journey of trying to discover how I could use it tactically rather than habitually. And I'm still on that journey. But what I realized is one thing, and, I'm, and maybe you could speak to this, Dr. Sure. Bruce, is that one of the things I realized is that cycling caffeine uh, is something that has worked for me very interestingly. For example, if I quit for a minimum of three days, but anywhere between three days and five days, uh, then when I have that first cup of coffee, I could have that magic feeling once again, that beautiful aroma and smell and like I am on fire. But then very quickly, I submerge right. back into those depths of maintenance. You know, I, I, just, I just wish every cup could be that first cup after, after 90 days, you know? You sound like a true addict, Shaheen. Let me it's really addict talking, right? It's 100% addict. Yeah, and, and here's the thing to remember is using caffeine strategically can actually be very much to your advantage, but we also have to be careful. Um, as an example, when you look at energy drinks, right, that have different kinds of caffeine, for example, guarana, which we know is a lot more powerful than caffeine and is listed on some of these energy drinks. In some cases, people will cycle energy drink versus coffee, energy drink versus coffee. That's not the best idea, number one, for a whole host of reasons. Remember, caffeine is not has no nutritional value. It is not something that should be in the body every day. Okay. Now, does it help with alertness? You bet. Can it help with memory? You bet. Can it help with focus? You bet. Strategically utilized. Yes. But when you get onto this maintenance schedule, you become a slave to the caffeine. And there's actually data to show that long-term caffeine use, this is MRI data of the brain, has showed that the brain becomes so addicted to the caffeine, it does not function properly without it. And it can take years, years, plural, to get all of that out of your system and your brain functioning back again. So, you know, it's one of those where if you're going to use it, you got to be smart and understand it. And then also, by the way, understand your body. So as an example, um, I'm sure we have lots of female listeners here. One of the things that a lot of people don't know is that when women are at different points in time in their menstrual cycle, caffeine can have different 
uh, effects on them as well because of a whole host of different hormonal changes that are going on. So women have it even more difficult at times. I'll be honest with you, Shaheen, you know, one of my big recommendations for people is if they can to stop caffeine by 2 p.m. But I know that there are a lot of people out there who quite frankly, that could be an impossibility. And so one of the things I've started asking people to do is transition from a full-on coffee to maybe a matcha, right? And so matcha is a great source of lowered level of caffeine, which can be very useful for people who are trying to go through this phasing out period. So as you know, I've been a very big fan of matcha. My favorite happens to be DNA matcha, um, which is available on Amazon and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, this is a smart way to also help you reduce the caffeine if that's what you're looking to do. And by the way, matcha is loaded with L-theanine, uh, which is a great focus mechanism, a great memory mechanism, and something that I utilize on a regular basis. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. You know, and I remember when we first met, I was telling you, Hey man, you know, uh, we, we've got a lot of different matcha teas and we were one of the first to introduce the super pure matcha tea for, for any of you guys who are listeners, check out matcha DNA on Amazon. We'll include it in the show notes for anybody who's interested. That's our matcha brand. Um, but you know, I remember you and I talking about this and me telling you, Hey doc, you know what I can, I can hit an espresso, a double and go to sleep 20 minutes later. And you were like, we need to study your brain. If you, if you see the brain scans, it'll tell you a different story. Right. And I started to, to realize when I heard that, and again, you're always ahead of the curve, curve Michael, because it, after you said that, months after I start seeing all these other sleep experts coming out with that same bit of data saying that, hey, you know, while you may think that you're sleeping, your brain waves are telling a different story and right. you are not getting that deep restorative, I guess it's REM sleep that you need because your neurons are firing too fast. Is that, is that what it is? So there's two different types of sleep that caffeine appears to affect. REM sleep is one of them. Um, the second one is stages three and four sleep, which is our physical restoration. So remember our physical restoration comes in the very beginning of the night. And so when you have caffeine on board, it can affect that physicality, that, that ability to wake up and feel refreshed can actually be um, hurt by having too much caffeine before bed, kind of the opposite of what you would imagine, right? You'd think you'd wake up with a lot of gusto. In fact, you, you don't get the gusto. You don't get the sleep that you're looking for. And it can actually reduce REM sleep as well. And we know that in REM sleep, this is where our mental restoration occurs. Again, something that caffeine can help with during the daytime, but early, 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 not late, late, late. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And, and what you're saying is very interesting because while for, for the first month of my 90 day thing, I was like, I'm going to go off all caffeine. And I was just miserable because yes. I, yeah, I didn't have tea at all. And I was like, dude, this fucking sucks. This is for the birds. I'm not right. doing this. So what I, what I came to is I started having matcha, which helped a lot because matcha does just chill you out. It does. It's awesome. It's awesome. But I needed a little bit more. And I, I felt that L-theanine that was like calming me, which I really like. And I was like, what would happen if I mix this with a little bit of yerba mate? And for, for you guys who don't know, yerba mate is a plant. It's a caffeine containing plant. It is not tea because it is not Camellia sinensis. And and it's used in Argentina, Brazil, parts of South and Central America. It is a relative of the coca plant, which is what's responsible for producing uh, cocaine. And it's a very effective caffeine stimulant, probably has a whole bunch of alkaloids that I'm sure Dr. Bruce knows about. 
I'm not, I'm no expert on yerba mate. I want to tell you that right now. (laughs) Okay. But, and then I discovered this other plant called guayase, which I had back in the day in the Amazon. I realized you can buy it here. It's under a bunch of different brand names. We don't make yerba mate or guayase yet. So you guys know, but matcha tea we do make. And so I made a mixture of those three things. And I'm actually having a really good time with it. It could just be the sheer amount of caffeine mixing those <laughs> those three, like just completely like again addict like behavior. Um, but it, it it does it does calm me a little bit. So so that's 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 super interesting. And we'll we'll report back, you know, after my 90 days, and we can we can talk about that that experience. Um, another thing that I definitely you know we don't have to go too deep in this show, but I if if you would be willing to be on again. I'd like to have you on again and talk about CBD and its effects on sleep. I know that you've become quite an expert on that. There's Um, no question. I got a lot of data on cannabis and sleep on CBD, CBN, CBG, um, their THC. There's a whole host of what we call cannabidiols or the constituents within cannabis that I think are very important. It's kind of the opposite of caffeine, if you think about it. Um, so we'll definitely do another show where we absolutely do a deep dive on cannabis and sleep. It'd be my yeah, question. let's do that. Cause it's interesting. Cause Dr. Amen, yep. who you know, uh, I know just Daniel came, well. yeah, he just came out with his studies on cannabis use yep. and he's getting, dude, he's getting a lot of hate mail. Like there is nothing that will get you more hate mail than pissing off stoners. And I know this from being the guy that invented the vape and the vaporizer. You are like, I just, it's, it is like their sacred plant. Like you could be like, uh, you know, you could, you could talk about Jesus and they could be a devout Christian and they, they could be like cool or whatever. But when you talk like anything bad about weed, right? Like you will get the wrath of stoners, which you do not want. (laughs) No, you do not. Well, because they don't have a whole lot to do other than sit around and write, you know, emails, you know, about their, their, uh, upsetness over this. But here's the truth of the matter is when you look at cannabis, um, it could be actually a utilization tool for sleep, Mm -hmm. especially for some people. Um, where they're addicted to much, much worse medications like benzodiazepines, um, which we know have a long history of mental health issues that have a long history of suicidality, things of that nature. We do have an endocannabinoid system in our bodies that is put there. We don't know why, but it sure is there. And we know that it utilizes cannabinoids, not just the ones in, uh, in cannabis, but there are cannabinoids in many different plant forms that we ingest. So there's, there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of hacks that we can do in our next Hack and Grow Rich, talking about cannabis and sleep and talking about the individual constituents. Absolutely. I love that tactical use of cannabis. Yeah, that, that's the problem with America. Greatest country in the world for business, greatest country in the world for a lot of things. I love it. Um, wouldn't want to live anywhere. overboard so yeah. much. What is it? We go yeah. overboard, you know, we yeah. just go too far here in America There's as opposed to that's the problem. Yeah, that's the problem. There's no nuance here. Right. So the conversation about drugs and a great book, uh, Michael Pollan's plant book, if any of you guys want to read an amazing book, really spectacular. And Bart and I were talking, we should have him on the show. You know, it, it's it's amazing because that conversation is a very nuanced conversation. And uh, right. the, the way the government wants it to be is drugs are good, drugs are bad. And Americans, you know, want this like black and white, drugs good, drugs bad. Is weed legal? All right, let's let's smoke everywhere on the bus, right. on the train. Let's just like shove it down. And it's it's much more nuanced, like you're saying. So thank you. That's that's a it's a very astute observation that 
you know, these things may not be bad for all people, but they might not be great for all people. Right. And like anything, like caffeine, like alcohol, like any of these things, even tobacco could right. be used tactically. And 100%. if you learn how to use it tactically, then you become a hacker right. as opposed to being like me with coffee and just like being its bitch, like definitely don't want to do that. So you got to learn. In my mind, I see it as being opportunistic versus strategic, right? Mm. So opportunistic is there's weed. I'm going to smoke as much of it as I possibly can. There's coffee. I'm going to drink it, drink it, drink it, as opposed to strategic, which is you know, I'm about to go into a social situation. I've got a little bit of social anxiety. It's not the worst thing in the universe, as long as I'm not driving a vehicle to use a little bit of cannabis to lower my anxiety to, to maybe be a little bit more fluid socially. Oh, I'm, I'm about to give a presentation and I got a crappy night's sleep last night. I'm going to use Dr. Bruce's Napa Latte as a strategic tactical method to help me out. That doesn't mean I'm going to do it every day. That doesn't mean I'm going to smoke weed every time I walk into a party, right? It's all about being thoughtful. And that's what I love about Hack and Grow Rich is it's about the nuance. It's about being thoughtful. It's about thinking about how to use, uh, you know, strategy as opposed to just going for everything. Yeah. And so we've got on that, we've got some questions. Bart, do you want to go with your question? Then we've got question from T. Cliff. And we also have a question from Ivy on our live audience on Facebook Live right now. Awesome, awesome. So I had a question. I had uh, was chatting with a friend of mine who's actually a psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. And he said, um, hey, man, I caffeine to wake up and I ambium to go to bed. Bad idea. And I said, you're a psychiatrist. Like, that can't be healthy. And he's like, you know, the way I work and my kids. So like Ambium and, and, and the Xanax and right. Diazantapine. Diazantapine, yeah. I probably spelled that wrong. What do those do to your body and why do they become so addictive that now it's a caffeine to wake up and it's, right. a, it's a downer to go to sleep? So, so first of all, I want to break out the drugs that you talked about because it turns out that they're in two different classes. So Ambien versus the Restorils, Diazepam, um, and the Xanaxes. So the Diazepam, Xanax, Restoril, those are in the benzodiazepine department. Those are highly addictive. We know this from, there are hundreds and hundreds of studies out there. Originally, these medications were used for anxiety and they had the side effect of making people so chill that they went to sleep, okay? So we were overdosing people with those to get them to sleep. So in and of itself, that's a terrible freaking idea, number one, right? Ambien is a little bit different. Uh, and to be fair, Ambien's a great drug. Um, there are millions of people who utilize Ambien in an effective tactical strategic way okay they're not escalating in dosage they probably don't need it every night they use it on certain evenings to make sure that they get a good night's rest and they're not but, blacking out and, and losing memory uh, gaps because that is losing memory gaps driving across town mixing it with alcohol which by the way is the stupidest idea in the freaking universe that's how people really get hurt um, so here's the thing that that is is interesting based on the medical professional that you were speaking with is they know and understand the risks of that those types of drugs, those two types of drugs. Right. And so the problem is the hangover. Right. So if you're talking about a medical professional who knows and understands their body and knows and understands it, I'm assuming that they're prescribing it or having it prescribed for them in an appropriate way. The problem is, is if they need caffeine the next day, what that's telling me is the quality of the sleep is not so great. They're getting the quantity, right? Because they're drugging themselves to get it. But the quality is not there. Sleep is a two-way street, guys. It's not just about the minutes. It's about what happens during the minutes. And as of right now, there are very few medications that actually do anything positive 
for sleep. There's one well-known one, it's called gabapentin or neurontin, and it's one that's used to actually help accentuate slow wave sleep in some people. But generally speaking, having those drugs on board every night, it, it, to be fair, Bart, it's unnecessary. Our bodies know how to sleep. It's not like we've got diabetes and we've got to have insulin now, and you know, like we're talking about a natural fucking process, right? We're talking about something that people already know how to do. Why do you need a pill for something like that? You don't, it's, it's in between your ears. It's the anxiety of thinking that you're not going to sleep that makes people take these pills and then makes them have all of these problems the next day. So I know yeah. I'm a little bit on my soapbox there. I apologize for a- Shaheen, let's crazy. go to the, the comment. Yeah, right, we will. And, and to your point, doctor, I, I, I completely agree with you. You know, and, and there's, there's something to that in defense of plants that yeah. there's never been anybody who's had a little bit of cannabis and not woke up the next day. Right. There's nobody, right. There's nobody who's had yep. coffee and had like some major, right. you know, I mean, I'm sure there, there's been people who've had adverse reactions to caffeine. I mean, you know, that's medically documented, but it's a lot less likely that you'll have a Michael sure. Jackson episode with yeah. some type of commonly used plant. Right. And correct. You know, so uh, there, there's, there's something to that. So, all right. So let's get to the questions. Cause we're coming up yeah, on time here. So, yeah. uh, Terrence, uh, wants to know what your view is on medications, uh, like modafinil and I'm sure mm -hmm. Adderall and all yep. these nootropic, uh, types of, of drugs that I know, mm -hmm. um, Dave Asprey has touted and a lot of other people have touted as well. Sure. How does that relate? Great question, and I'm glad it was asked. So for folks out there who don't know what modafinil is, modafinil is a medication that affects just your sleep center and helps keep you awake. It was originally designed as an orphan drug for narcolepsy and something called idiopathic hypersomnia. Um, so these are, these are very serious neurologic sleep disorders that make people incredibly sleepy during the daytime. Now, we used to think if you get if you're a narcoleptic and you're falling asleep all day, we need to stimulate you. So we would give you Adderall, methylphenidate. We would give you, I mean, methamphetamine. I mean, I had patients wow. on serious dosages of methamphetamine who were narcoleptics in the early, like we're talking now 20 something years ago. So we're talking about the late nineties, right? Yeah. Now, what we learned is those people, it turns out they actually get shitty sleep at night. Mm. we're better off giving them medication to help them sleep better than we are stimulating them during the daytime. So the original usage of that really kind of doesn't make as much sense anymore. However, a lot of people are now taking modafinil as a nootropic, um, trying to increase their attention, trying to increase their memory, trying to increase their focus. Oddly enough, there's only about a half a percent of people in the world with narcolepsy, yet there is probably a three to five 5% of people in the world who have prescriptions for modafinil. So in and of itself, we now know that it's being used what we call off-label um, in many different ways. And I have to be honest with you, it could be dangerous. People need to respect the pharmacy that's going on here and not say, oh, I heard it on a podcast. I'm going to go get my doctor to prescribe me modafinil or I'm going to buy some. This is a serious medication that is used for serious situations. Um, now, can modafinil be used in an appropriate way to help people with attention and focus who have ADD and ADHD? There are some studies that are coming across like that. My personal thought process here is I go back to L-theanine, right? It's natural. I can get it in green tea and it definitely has a tendency to work well in my body. So for me, 
I would rather somebody be using a more natural substance like a matcha or a theanine or something along those lines, green tea, as opposed to going through the pharmacy uh, modafinil if they do not have a diagnosed sleep disorder. Long-winded answer. Sorry, Dan. Great. No, amazing. So Ivy is asking, Ivy yeah. from Pasadena wants to know what are some methods if you have an overactive ANS, I'm not sure what ANS um, is, that's is. stuck in sympathetic to stop so you can get REM deep sleep reliably. So and that'll be our talking, last question. Yeah, so ANS is your autonomic nervous system and sympathetic. There are two parts to the autonomic nervous system. There's the sympathetic and then there's the parasympathetic. The way I remember the difference is sympathetic reminds me of that song from the uh, from the Rolling Stones, Sympathy for the Devil, right? Yes. And it means you're up and down, up and down, going, 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 right? Um, trying to get away from the devil. Whereas the parasympathetic is the rest and digest. That's the I want to chill scenario, okay? And so, um, and so repeat the question for me one more time because I wanted to explain so it. So she just wants to know how she can get into deep sleep. Um, if it, it seems like she has She's several a little too... condition or may, may want to know about somebody who has several conditions, Got it. she just wants to know how she can get into deep sleep. Mm -hmm. If her, uh, automatic autonomic, autonomic nervous system is overactive. Yeah. Got it. So the easiest, so number one, one of the easiest ways to lower autonomic nervous system arousal is to remove the stimulus, right? So there are a lot of different stimulus. We've talked tonight about caffeine. I think we've Everybody knows if we remove that, that can be helpful for lowering autonomic nervous, nervous system arousal. But there are other ones that are important too. As an example, emotions. Emotions will jack your ANS to the, to the moon. I'll, and I'll give everybody an example that's listening that's had this very thing happen. How many people out there have woken up in the middle of the night, looked at the clock and gotten pissed off? I have, I don't know about you dudes, but yeah. I have for sure. And I'm the freaking sleep doctor, right? I mean, that's autonomic arousal rising due to emotion because you're looking at the clock and you instantly do the mental math and you say, it's 2.30 in the morning. I got to be up at six. Sleep, sleep, sleep. And you try to sleep. Meanwhile, you've caused all this autonomic arousal because you're so upset because you're up in the middle of the night, right? So the biggest thing to do in order to lower your autonomic nervous system and to allow your parasympathetic nervous system to kick in the, in the door is to chill out, okay? What do I mean by that? Before bed, remember, sleep is not an on-off switch. It's more like slowly pulling your foot off the gas and slowly putting your foot on the brake. Give yourself some time. Don't wait until your head is bobbing and you're watching television. Have a scheduled bedtime, right? And then 30 minutes before your scheduled bedtime, take 10 minutes to do stuff you just got to do, 10 minutes for your hygiene, and then 10 minutes for some form of meditation, relaxation, prayer, whatever you need to do to land the plane. Okay. But that's how you turn on the parasympathetic nervous system and turn off the sympathetic nervous system is you've got to figure out a way for you to chill out. Um, lots of people do it lots of different ways. Um, for me personally, I like to do progressive muscle relaxation before bed. This is an uh, interesting technique where you tense and relax your muscles, starting from the top of your head and moving down to the tip of your toes. You can, by the way, you can download progressive muscle relaxation uh, scripts that you can listen to on apps. They're all over the internet. There's nothing in particularly wonderful about those. And then I want to give everybody one last tip that everybody can use who's a listener tonight to help them chill out before bed. It's called four, seven, eight breathing. Okay. Mm. And it's exactly what you say. Breathe in for a count of four hold it for a count of seven, and then breathe out for a count of eight. 
So Shaheen, breathe. So this is one of those situations that was actually developed by Navy SEALs. And it was actually used for a very unique uh, instance. It was for snipers. So when you're a sniper and you have a gun, your heartbeat can actually change the trajectory of the bullet. Uh, people wow. don't, many people don't realize that. And so this 478 breathing technique dumps your heart rate below 60. Here's the clue. Here's the hack. You cannot get into a state of unconsciousness with a heart rate above 60. So if you're having a problem and you want to get that parasympathetic nervous system back in gear, 478 breathing dumps your carbon dioxide, fills your body with fresh oxygen, which lowers that heart rate, which gets you back to bed. Boom. Drop in value. Drop in the mic, baby. Which brings us to... Energize, which I think Ivy, make sure to pre-order Dr. Bruce's up and coming book because Dr. Bruce has made a shift from being America's sleep doctor, most desired America's sleep doctor to America's energy doctor. Let's talk a little bit about this. Tell us about this new book and also how people can get a hold of you and follow you and, and kind of get in front of the trends. You bet. So first of all, thanks for uh, bringing up my book. I certainly appreciate it. So what we've done here is we've created this. Uh, so I've created this book. It's called Energize, How to Go from Dragging Ass to Kicking It in 30 Days. This is a movement, sleep, and intermittent fasting program that you can utilize. And within 30 days, you'll have more energy than you know what to do with. And you don't have to be drinking caffeine to do it. Um, I've partnered with uh, Stacy Griffith, who is the founding trainer at a company called Soul Cycle. I'm sure many people have heard of the, um, the indoor uh, bicycles that they use. Um, it's a lot of fun, gets a lot of energy. But what's fascinating about it and what Stacy and I came to the conclusion of is both of our, pay, our clients would say the same things. People would show up in my office and say, Michael, I'm so fucking tired. They'd show up at her spin class and they'd say, Stacy, I'm so fucking tired. And what we realized was is that people were doing too much exercise at the wrong times and people were avoiding sleep in order to exercise. So this is a true plan. It, and here's what's cool about it is you only have to do exercise for five minutes in five different times of the day. That's it. And it will give you sustained energy. Then we base this all on something called your chronotype. You might not have heard of the term, but you've definitely heard of the concept. If any of you out there have ever been called an early bird or a night owl, those are chronotypes. And that's I wrote a book, my previous book called The Power of When is where we really dig into chronotypes. And we use intermittent fasting, which we've now discovered is a great way to modify and give yourself continuous energy throughout the day. So if people are looking to, um, to get the book, if you go to energizemyself.com, you can pre-order the book there or you can pre-order it on Amazon. If you go to Energize Myself, we actually have a seven day email program challenge so you'll get to do that even before you get the book and it'll start bringing you right through the whole program and you're going to love it. I love that. We've shared that on the Facebook group and we've also shared it in the show notes below. So you guys can check that out. And I'm super excited about uh, checking this book out. So I'm loving it. And um, yeah, you know, guys, make sure to follow Dr. Bruce on Instagram and you'll see him on national TV. You know, he is one of the most legit guys out there and we're honored Bruce, to. I, I really like the shift to be the energy guy, you know, because for 20 years I was just the handwriting guy. 
You know, right. it was that one little modality, but really it's about life design. It's about something bigger. It's about entrepreneurs and hacking. And, and for, for and I think you probably had the same thing. I'm like, I'm more than just the handwriting guy. And right. you're like, I'm more than the sleep guy. Cause really what you're looking for is this lifestyle of abundance. So I don't know which mm -hmm. genius told you to do that, but I like that direction from one book author to the other. Well, thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. So I think there were a couple of people that were influential in that. You and I have had this discussion personally on many an occasion. I remember you and I hanging out uh, together, having a tea and talking about different ways for me to change my brand. And so thank you for your input there. Shaheen, of course, has done an amazing job of mentoring me and helping me in so many different ways to thinking about how to expand my brand. Um, and so the, at the end of the day, it is all about this whole circular lifestyle. It's about abundance. It's about redefining yourself and your success. And at the end of the day, if I can help more people being the sleep and the energy guy, I'm in. Wow. I think book number three might be a success book. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying that might happen. So, all right, you guys. So, Dr. Bruce, you're welcome to hang out with us. We'll be wrapping in about 10 minutes, but we're going to, Bart and I are going to get to the topic of our show. And please feel free to hang out and, and chime in. But if you have to go, we totally understand. I know that you've got a lot of stuff you got to do. So, whatever you want to do. So, Bart, the topic of our show today, um, outside of however awesome that was, is going to be- almost over because he was so great. But I know. We were hacking- success we hack sleep and caffeine and but you opened with this great idea of of firing your life coach and it was such an offensive phrase to so many people i want to dig into it because it's funny and it's interesting yeah so i'll tell you so i started off my fitness journey in my 30s by signing up at equinox and let me just tell you, this was one of the biggest mistakes I've ever made in my life. Why? Because it is the most beautiful, cleanest, like most amazing gym in the world. And being here in Southern California, the thing I will let you know is that it's all full of the most gorgeous looking people. And it is impossible to focus on your workout because you're hanging out in some, some, star that you've seen on TV just walks in and they're looking amazing and just all the women look beautiful and all the men are ripped and you're just like, oh my God, is, does anybody work out here? Because everything looks perfect. So what did I do? And all the trainers are amazing. The, the trainers are on TV half the time. It was like one of the most incredible gyms in the world. And I thought to myself, dude, I'm not going to get any work done here. I'm not going to be able to work out because just every two seconds, I'm like, oh my God. So what did I do? So I signed up for a lesser gym, which will remain unnamed <laughs> so that we can fully bash them on the show. And as I walked into this gym, somebody walked up to me and was like, sir, how are you doing today? What are your fitness goals? And I was like, dude, I've been working out for a long time. Like, what do you mean fitness goals? Well, you know, would you like to have a personal trainer? And I'm just looking at you. I'm like, yeah, where's, where, where are the personal trainers? Because I'm looking at this person with a little bit of a belly like a beer and by a little bit, I mean a lot. Okay. Okay. They were fat. I'm going to say it. You know, it's, I I'm not big on body shaming, but here's the thing. If you are signing up to be a psychiatrist, you better be psychologically stable. If you are signing up to be a personal trainer to tell people how to get fit and how to get healthy, you cannot be fat. 
you cannot be fat and be a personal trainer. I am sorry. I know it's politically incorrect. My wife will probably be trying to edit this out, but I will not let her do it. You just cannot be fat. And then I looked at the other personal trainers in this gym and I was like, oh my God, you're all, I don't want a personal trainer fatter than me. Now, a coach that is coaching high performance may not be as high performance as you. For example, the greatest basketball coaches in the world may not be as good as basketball as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson, or any of these legends, but they do have the knowledge, the technical knowledge to coach. They're the best coach in the world. However, when it comes to personal trainers and life coaches, that is not the case. If you have made more money or have more money than your life coach, you need to pick up the phone now and fire your life coach. If your life coach is not a millionaire or close to it, you probably need to fire your life coach. Why? Because that person is taking up bandwidth in your world and likely feeding you bullshit. And instead, here's what I think. You should find a mentor. And I know Dr. Bruce mentioned this before, Bart, you and I often talk about this. I'm going to give you three tactics. And Bart, I'm really interested in you chiming into this. So here's the hack to having a life coach. And life coaches were definitely not a thing in the 90s. They were not a thing in the 80s. And they were not a thing in the 2000s, something that's popped up in the last however many years for millennials to make money off other millennials because they're all fucking roaming around chasing Lamborghinis and like this Instagram lifestyle. And they're like, man, I'm going to get a life coach. It's bullshit. You don't fucking need it. What you need is to find somebody who's done what you want to do and to bring value to them in a way where you become indispensable and they will impart and imbue some of their energy, some of the dust from their, their magical life that you want transfers to you, A. The second thing that you should do is to join a mastermind or create a mastermind. So when we teach Amazon and I train people all the time how to make predictable recurring revenue on Amazon, for those of you guys who haven't watched the show, we teach people often how to make money on Amazon. I do it all the time. I wouldn't fucking be doing this if we haven't been a seven-figure, eight-figure seller on Amazon for God knows how long. I do not learn Amazon from anybody who is making their money doing anything but selling on Amazon. I do it because it's my, my, my mission to empower other people to do what I have done. I don't do it for the money. I could stop any of the teaching that I do and be perfectly fine just doing the thing that I'm teaching other people to do. But having a mastermind, not working in a vacuum, super important. Make sure that you have other people around you at different levels, people that are higher than you, people that you can teach, because what's the best way to learn something is to teach it. And people who are exactly where you're at, where you can have shared experience. And if you can't find a mastermind, create one. All it is is finding three or more people and agreeing on a time and sitting down with them and sharing ideas. And that's the hack to firing your life coach. You don't need to spend 200 bucks a month for some Yahoo who hasn't made any money himself, who's, you know, taken some online course and now wants to be your guru. Okay. The difference is instead 
get yourself somebody who is experienced in business. And now you're going to have to find a way to compensate. You may have to pay them money. You may have to give them your time. You may have to give them services in kind. You may have to find some other way of making yourself valuable to that person because there has to be an even exchange in energy, even though many mentors, including myself, are willing to give of their time freely. But it's for those reasons I really feel that tonight is a good night for you to fire your life coach. Well, you've got a lot to unpack there, my friend. That was, that was quite a lecture for all my my friends that are in the coaching <laughs> and training business. So just to be clear, there, there is a difference between a life coach and an expert and an influencer. And I'm not talking about Instagram, for someone like Michael Bruce or myself, it's world renowned in a certain skill set. You know, that's a very wise decision to go seek advice from someone who sold $10 million on Amazon in a month. That's an expert mentorship program. And most people don't know that's, that exists. It's funny you mentioned Mastermind. Uh, just today, uh, I host my monthly marketing Mastermind. And there's like 20 people that pay me, and the speakers and authors get together, and they ask me, what are you guys doing this month to make money, sell more books, get more students, get more coaching clients? I'm not even lying about that. And because I've been doing this for 25 years, not necessarily on Zoom, but everything else, I'm a great person that they should pay money to because there is not any stage or radio interview or thing that's marketing that I don't understand. And so, yeah, it's a great process called marketing mastermind, right? But I don't like the word life coach. And I know if you've listened to the show, Shaheen has introduced me as a life coach. And I go, ah, it's not really, it's not really what I do. Um, I, I was on this wonderful podcast with Lisa Haysha, who's who's got some Amazon shows. She's amazing. And she sort of has this positioning as a life coach. So when I was interviewed by her, she used the word life coach. So now it comes up in the Google search engines. Tony Robbins can use that word with impunity. He invented it. He gets a million dollars a year. That man can make that hour of your time something really special. But most of the rest of the people that should be getting five, six, seven hundred bucks an hour are experts. Maybe they're experts in the mind. So one thing I do want to disagree with you on, Shaheen, is that if you are there getting coached because you can't afford a marital therapist, but you're having intimacy issues, attachment issues, your life coach could be in a great marriage, and that might be a good fit for you if it's not about money. So I think what you're saying, even though it came out as kind of financially uh, capitalistic, was that the problem you're solving makes sure that your coach has no problems in that area of her life. So if it's intimacy or love or if you're hiring a monogamy or a polygamy coach, just make sure that's really working. And, yes, that's a thing. Go Google it. I know you're thinking – Bart, you want to tell that story? I'm saying, no, no, I'm not going to tell that story. I'm not going to explain that. It just came to my brain. It just came, and it came out of my mouth. A polygamy um, so, coach. So okay. you do want experts and mentors, but I don't think coaching's bad. I mean, as you know, we have a program where we train people to help coach. But here's the thing. They're my students, and I have a system that says, here's your core beliefs. Here's your brain. Here's your belief system. So there's a lot of good stuff there. So I think throwing them all out in the trash is a little unfair, Shaheen. But I do like your point of getting an expert and getting the right strategy. Yeah. Like don't to... deal with broke or fat people or broke and fat people. If you are looking for a per if you are looking to not be broke and fat, sorry, go ahead. So Dr. Bruce. Canceled. Mr. So, Mr. Michael, can you share that before we get? Yeah. So, so here's what I, so I kind of agree with you both. So what I think is, uh, you know, coaching, when you go to a coach and you're an athlete, you're going for a very specific reason. You're going for your sport. And that's a person who knows that sport. 
right? Now, maybe they did that sport at one point in time, and maybe they've learned a few things and tips, tricks, mental edge, got it. But life coach is such a broad, I mean, life, I mean, come on, right? Like who the fuck's an expert in life? I don't know anybody that is an expert in life, right? Maybe and the Dalai Lama. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, well, maybe the, you know, that's, that's actually not a bad point. Maybe the Dalai Lama. Um, although for some reason I got ranked higher than him on influencers of sleep. Go figure that. I'll, I'll never understand that one. My point here, though, is if you are going to a coach, and I think, Bart, you said this, and I think, Shaheen, you're saying this as well, is go to a coach for a specific reason and go to a specific coach, right? Go to somebody who knows their shit about what you need to know and has exhibited that in their lives. You know, I hate this whole idea of those that can't do teach. That's crap, okay? People who can do should teach. That's the difference there. And so I agree with you both. Um, and I don't think life coaching is a bad idea, but at the same time, I do think that people use it as a substitute for mental health work. Um, and I think that that's not appropriate either, right? If you have depression, if you have anxiety, if you have those types of true marital issues, whatever they happen to be, go to somebody who's trained in that stuff because number one, it will take you a lot less time to figure that shit out. Um, and number two, they've got the data to really understand how to help you. So I, I agree with you both, but it may be different ways. Science works, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, <laughs> science. Um, so good. So you've got three slightly different viewpoints to kind of go on and that's awesome. And that's a great uh, contribution there. And yeah, I mean, look, I think I, 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 I agree with you that, you know, coaching, you know, get an expert. And I, I put that different. If I go to, you know, uh, uh, a hypnotist, because I want to reprogram my, my subconscious mind, that person is not a life coach for me. That person is a technician. And this exactly. is what we, we teach also to my Amazon students is that anybody lawyers, doctors, all these people, they work for us, but they are tools and we have to use them as a tool tactically, just like they were caffeine. Right. We have to tell them where we want them to work, when we want them to work and how we want them to be most effective. And if you can do that, then you can become your own life coach. And that's really where the biggest empowerment comes. You got to say something. Something just came to me. I was walking yeah. upstairs today and, and one of my right knee is, is out. And I remember 20 years ago, I went to this life coach slash fitness guru that had us running down hills in the Hollywood Hills. And I remember running down the hill thinking, I think I just hurt my knee. Like this, this doesn't seem to be very smart. And I think back on it, I'm like, why did I take advice from someone who just said, I'm a fitness expert? And I'm kind of fit. By the way, she wasn't fat, Shaheen, but she was a little bit mean. But I think about that 20 years later, and I'm like, if I hadn't have picked the wrong fitness coach for that one week of my life, I wouldn't be having a knee problem. And the second thing I want to say is that uh, we laugh about this all the time because is not having a coach better than having a bad coach? So I've been taking guitar lessons by Zoom every week for four years, right? My teacher's in New Zealand. He's a professional touring guitarist. And he says, Bart, for the last time, please stop watching the internet videos. You're making my job harder. And he said, look, man, those guys that learn online that don't get a teacher, it's going to take me more time to teach them because I have to un unlearn all their bad habits before I can teach them the proper habits. Now, they may be able to play at a party, but they would never get on stand with a real band. They couldn't get on stage because they don't know all the language vocabulary. So yeah. for me, 
I always have just went and hired the best comedian to do comedy, the best guitarist that I could afford, and started off like without that. Or I tried to self-learn, and very quickly I realized there's a lot of misinformation online, and you just get confused. Now, if I wrote the book, or Michael wrote the book, or Shaheen wrote the book, you can probably trust it, and that's okay. But everything else is crap. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. What I'm, what I'm hearing you say is seek excellence. And I, I, I love that dude. And I think that's, that's, it, it comes same thing. Michael was saying it comes, comes back to me too, dude. Yeah. I mean, you know, I train Brazilian jujitsu and, and various martial arts and dude, like, I don't want to get on the mat and be able to kick my instructor's butt. Like that would not be good. <laughs> that would not be good. And the places where I go to train, I can, it is like trying to move a mountain when you come across these black belts. Now, if I came across a guy that I could tap that, you know, I, at my beginner level that I could tap them and they're the instructor, that would be a huge fucking problem. I would be reconsidering training at that studio. And similarly with all these things, like, look, I want you to have discipline. I want you to be excellent at what you do. And in order to do that, we have to learn from excellent people. And Dana is saying, stop watching internet videos because you need to unlearn bad habits from rando teachers. Lots of misinformation online. I love that. She's also saying, go to a coach for a specific reason. Find a specialist in the area. Agree with that too. So guys, we are coming up on our time here. Please make sure to like and subscribe. Find the Hack and Grow Rich channel on YouTube. Once we get to 100,000 subscribers, we're going to have a very special guest who I think has never been interviewed anywhere before, who I think a lot of people will want to hear from. So we will get to that. Uh, Bart, I'll help you with your knee. I fixed both of mine and you and I can talk about that offline, or maybe we could do a show on it. Dr. Bruce, honored to have you on. We know where to get you. Bart, how do people find you? Hey man, just follow me on Instagram at bartbaggett.com. Um, and then also Instagram, Bart Baggett. I'm releasing some new comedy stuff soon, as well as all my books are there. If you want, if you want to go read one of my books, I'd love you to spend money on Amazon, but you don't have to. Just go to www.getbartsbook.com, download it for free, listen to the magic question, wake up every morning, do this one thing, and uh, your day will be better. Shaheen? Love it. Yeah, guys, if you want to learn how to sell on Amazon, make money on Amazon, create recurring revenue streams, I would like to be your life coach. Just kidding, but I, I, I could be your Amazon coach. So go to fbasellercourse.com or go to shaheenshan.com. We'll include it in the course notes for anybody who wants to. We've got a one-hour crash course, everything you need to know to sell on Amazon from A to Z. And we will normally charge $200 for that. If you guys are listening to this, use the code SLEEPDOCTOR and you will get that for free. We will give you the one-hour course for free. Just go to fbasellercourse.com or shaheenshan.com. Go to the course link. And if you like our podcast, make sure to like, subscribe, leave us a review, guys. We appreciate you. And we will see you next Sunday on the next episode. Make sure to check out. We've got 150 episodes now going live. And if you guys would like to have Dr. Bruce back on, what would you like him to talk about? Uh, nothing is off topic. Dr. Bruce is very... Uh, equipped to talk about any topic that you guys are interested in. Let us know in the show notes. Uh, let us know in the comments below what you would like Dr. Bruce to, to speak about. Let him know on his Instagram and we will see you guys next week. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Bruce. Always an honor. Bart, thank Sweet you so much. Dreams. Sweet dreams. I love that.